Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm back. Sorry if y'all missed me on the Instant Reaction Pod. I, I, I bet you probably didn't. Kyle did an excellent job. I really appreciate him uh, calling in or however y'all did it. I haven't even asked you. How you <laughs> were y'all in person by chance, Spencer? No, no. He, he Skyped. You Skyped in. Well, that's how good it sounded. I couldn't tell. So good. But anyway, thanks a lot, Kyle. Appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you uh, calling in and, and sharing your insight on what was a pretty tough beat, pretty tough hang. All of us had tech pick to win. And that was the problem. Yeah. And uh, as he pointed out, that may have been the death knell. <laughs> so when I said that uh, Michael was in Dallas for some dumb reason, one, he went to a concert Saturday night. I saw I saw Tenacious D in concert. Tenacious D, and then Sunday night went to the Cowboys game. Yeah, got the sweet treatment. And then turned right back around early Monday morning to get back to work. Worked half a day because I'm dedicated or something. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> you can follow us at 23Personnel. Personnel is spelt with two N's, one L. I always have to remind myself of that. Hey, apparently so does Rob Bro. He doesn't know how to spell personnel. I think I heard that on Saturday. Uh, at Punt Suck, you can follow Spencer. That's with two S's because punts are plural, of course. And then you can follow me at Michael underscore LBK. All right, man. Let's, let's talk about some football. What do you say? Let's do it. He is back to pass. Pressured immediately. Kind of flings it up there. He's Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25, 10, touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Ward, breaks the tackle, still running. Up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's going hard. Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. John Harris may be my favorite piece of that. I know. I, I hate. I try not to mention it because I feel like I want to mention it every time, but. I've noticed it so much now listening to him live. He's just in the background sometimes going, oh, <laughs> whatever something great's happening. And it's it's so uh, organic and, and welcomed. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth between enjoying Gus Johnson on those clips and John Harris. Yeah. 
John Harris. He's a, he's a hidden gem of that clip. And I think, was it Sonny Cumbie too? Yeah, he's the one that is in the background. So Unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. So, Michael, let's get your final thoughts from the game on Saturday since you weren't able to join us. You watched all of the game, correct? Uh, most of the game? I watched most of the last half. I listened to... That's right. You were on the road. I was on the road to Dallas, so I listened to all of it until I got there, and then I got to... I mean, I think it was 35-17 when I got home, or 34-17 when I got to my friend's house, and so it was pretty much wrapped up then. But I did get to see from there on, but I I heard all of it, um, thanks to the power of 1190 in Dallas, which I could pick up in Baird somehow. The AM radio, like I said, is is nuts. But uh, Iowa State, you mentioned this last week, that they have not lost a game in October since 2016. Holds true, man. Holds true. That's still here. Uh, the main things I wanted to point out briefly, because I don't want to dwell on it too much, you guys covered everything on the Instant Reaction pod. Brees Hall against West Virginia, apparently that was not a fluke. Uh, I, I thought that, okay, well, let's not give this freshman running back too much credit for one good game against a bad team on the road. Um, that game against West Virginia, he was 24, had 24 carries, 132 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, so that was 5.1 yards per carry. But at Tech, that 5.1 ended up closer to 9.8, <laughs> where he went where for 19 carries, 183 yards, two touchdowns, including a 75-yard scamper that I believe was the first play out of scrimmage after a kickoff. I think it was at the 25, mm-hmm. and he took off on play number one. There was that drive. There was another drive that was just two plays. They were merciful on that one. Tech just could not get anything going. They had... Well, when they did, it was long, sustained drives. It was strange. Long, sustained drives while you're down. We we, we talked about that with... Or I talked about that with Kyle. Yeah. Tech scoring drives were 11, 13, and 16 plays long. When Iowa State scored, it was 2, 3, 5... I'm snapping my fingers if y'all can't hear me. It's fast. Yeah, they 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 jumped out. They jumped out on Tech. Uh, a couple of things that that stood out to me beyond that, just the the tight ends, Kolar and what what was the other guy? You, Sonar. You mean Sonar? Uh, offensive pass interference? Charlie Kohler? <laughs> push push off, Mister Push off. Uh, yeah, and the the, the the announcers were kind of pointing that out too. That he seemed to be have quite the circle around him whenever well, a ball came his way. <laughs> here's the thing. If if a tight end has space when a safety is trailing him, I'm I'm willing to bet there was some physical contact there. Because he's now he a six six dude, two fifty, whatever he is, is not outrunning Douglas Coleman. Now did they have did they ever actually have twenty three personnel in? No. Okay. They went 31 a couple of times. That's what I thought. They went three tight ends. Or that's 13. That's 13, right? Yep. Yeah. They went 13 personnel. 13 personnel. And it was weird because they lined up all five of those backs in the backfield, the quarterback, running back, and the three tight ends. They started off the formation, all five of them like bunched together in the backfield, and they would like, I don't know, um, 
Purdy would give a signal, and then all three tight ends would move at the same time and go get in position. What whatever they did with that seemed to work almost every time. Those four, there were only four catches by tight ends, uh, three by Kohler. Four catches, ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns. So twenty-five yards a piece. Twenty-five yards a pop. Uh, uh, something else I pointed out too was trying to downplay how good Iowa State was. Was that uh, they went to Waco and they got down twenty to nothing. Well, guess who came to Lubbock and got on the other side of a twenty to nothing run to start the game. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. One more thing I wanted to point out, too. It really bugged me that after forcing a turnover, it was either turnover or a punt. I, I can't remember exactly what happened on the first drive. But Tech got the ball. And I think it was a fourth and two or a fourth and three and punted. And I just think you've just keep going. Just go for it. Go for it at this point. You, you've you've got to try to keep some momentum there. Try to keep a little bit of uh, pizzazz, something I couldn't think of a good word. I, I was really disappointed in that. I, there were a couple other times I was disappointed too in, in some of the play calling, but I don't need to get into all that. It was just, it was a game that surprised me how crisp and how dominant Iowa State's offense looked right out the gate. Tech hadn't let anyone score not named Oklahoma in the first quarter all year. They'd, they'd come out strong defensively until this game. So I, I'm i kind of rethinking everything again, as we've had to do almost every single week as Tech fans. But that's part of it. So anyway, that was kind of my just few little rundowns on the Iowa State game. If there's anything else you'd like to hit on before we go to go to the, the Jayhawks. Before we go to the tape? No, I'm, I'm looking at something that uh, Kyle quoted because I'm looking for some some positives here. And we talked about this in the in the post game. Positives from the Iowa State game? N- not so much the Iowa State game, but like having it behind us. Behind oh, oh, that's right. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because your strength of schedule. <laughs> yes, your strength takes a bit of a hit now. Gosh, there's a lot of Star Wars talk in the Slack chat, and I can't find what I'm looking for. Oh, the new, the the latest and last episode nine trailer dropped last night during halftime of the Monday Night Football game. You know, what else dropped TCU uniform combination that looks like boo boo. That's something. It's uh, it's got some, it's got a lot of red in it. I guess that's red. Is it fuchsia? It's fuchsia, fuchsia purple and black. 
Y'all should check those out. They're uh, an interesting, an interesting uh, combo, especially to play your in-state quote-unquote rival I know, Texas. Like big game against Texas. They're wearing an all-black uniform, purple numbers with red trim. Especially with Texas over there, with probably you know one of their classic. They're wearing all white. Yeah, yeah. just really. Nice, clean, yeah, clean, timeless looks. All right, I found it. Kyle says Tech's first four opponents national rank in the Sagarin rating fifteen point five. Are you talking Big Twelve opponents? I would assume so, since we're seven games in. Gotcha. Next four opponents: so West Virginia, Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Kansas State, in that order. And the Sagarin ratings average out 51.75. It's quite the swing. Which still has me confident in saying, I believe that you can and probably should go 4-0 over your next four games. I would settle for 3-1. and one. But well, I see what you're saying. What what of those next four games worries you? But okay. you're on the road at Kansas, right? When the, on the road at West Virginia, so teams nine and ten in the Big Twelve. You're on the road, yeah, but also teams nine and ten. We're eight <laughs> for now. <laughs> how much how much different is there between eight, well, nine, and ten? I think okay, that's but, what we've got to figure out. But also, like we've played the meat of our schedule. That's true. That's true. Outside of Texas, like we've played teams one, two, sorry, one, two if you count Baylor, four, five, six. Teams seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, minus Texas, tech. Like wherever you have tech in that range, like, like you've played the top half and now you get to play the bottom half. Yeah. Y- yeah. You, you, the three and four record looks like boo boo. The one in three conference record looks like boo-boo. <laughs> but like I said, teams one through four in the conference are behind you outside of Texas, wherever they end up finishing. I, I don't know if the Kansas game is a fluke or if they're starting to feel the stress of losing all those players to injuries and being a little thin. If Kansas just gets up for Texas, which is a strange thing to say. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think Texas is that bad. I don't think no. like, them eking out a last-second field goal to Kansas is an indication that Texas is not what we thought. No, I mean, there could be a combination of things. I know that we, you've asked me something, and I'm kind of going off on another direction. But as I've mentioned before, the Oklahoma State game is not a great feather in Texas's cap. Oklahoma State really should have won that game. At home, I mean, not at at home for Oklahoma State, but in Austin, mm-hmm. and then Tech beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State got, you know, they they hung in with Baylor till the fourth quarter, then just got blown away in the last you know ten or twelve minutes, just this past week. So they're just not as good as we think they are, or thought they were initially, and you know they barely. Uh, made it out of Austin without somehow winning the thing. But are they worse than 
any of the four next opponents, Kansas. They're more talented. TCU or Kansas State? No, they're more talented. The things that worry me the most out of those four games, back to your original question, the things that worry me the most is playing in Morgantown. That kind of worries me. Playing in Manhattan worries me a little bit. You, You mean Lawrence? Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. No, that does not worry me. Never mind. <laughs> uh, the playing in Lawrence doesn't worry me, but playing TCU does because they are just. I don't know what they are. I have no clue. They're they're too talented they are the to be hardest to read out of the whole conference. I think they're they're underperforming. Yeah, like they the talent level they have on that team should not look as bad as it is like having a, a a the record they have would be one thing but like also looking as bad as they've looked says something else like what's happening yeah like their quarterback dugan was able to do a little bit and was able to win this weekend no they lost kansas state yeah kansas remember. state they lost they lost but like the entire 24 17 i think the entire offense went through him and he like was finally able to complete a pass kind of, but he also ran the ball for like a hundred yards or whatever. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember it was mostly Max Dugan, Duggan, Duggar. Again, I don't have it in front of me because we're not talking about TCU this week. Yeah. He had 13 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. I see where you're coming from, like not knowing what TCU is, but like even defensively, like they don't seem to be where they should be. Offense has always been without Trevon Boykin. It's always been supremely inconsistent. Like Sean Robinson was pretty good. You thought, and then he would fumble the ball seven times. Um, I just there's nothing on the schedule until the Friday after Thanksgiving where I I don't think you should be favored in any of those. like I think you should win and do so with a comfortable margin and I'm not saying like blow anybody out because that's not going to happen um even this week against Kansas but I think 10 points maybe your closest win in the next 4 weeks It should be. I mean, it, <laughs> and maybe we'll just have to see. We've got to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, I think we've we've got to do the old cliche and take it one game at a time because I sure. I have no idea. Like I said, TCU being one of the most inconsistent, or I think makes a case for being one of the most inconsistent teams in the Big Twelve, and just really hard to read, and you don't know know who you're going to get. Tech's right up there. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've had to kind of retool their offense a little bit with a, a new quarterback, but it's really hard to tell. The, the defense has kind of held their end of the bargain aside from Norman. And then this weekend, really, uh, they were not able to really slow down Iowa State at all in the first half, and that's well, hard. that's hard to overcome. They weren't able to slow down Brock Purdy. That's right. Brees Hall had like 50 yards or 30. No, he had 30 yards. The team had 30 yards rushing. 
in the first half. Well, then he got 150 more. <laughs> 75 on one carry, though. So That's, like, yeah. Outside yeah. of that, like if you wipe away that drive completely, which you can because you don't know what the play calling would have been on that drive, he has 100 yards on the day. You can live with that. I mean, that's incredible to, or to limit a guy like that. Yeah, it, it, just conservative saying like he carries the ball during that drive and they if they go down and score, he picks up 30 or 40 yards on that. He finishes the day with 130 yards. Like, that's okay. It's not terrible. It's not 180 yards and a no. 75-yard touchdown. No, that's true. That's true. All right, let's talk about Kansas. Oh, man. Did you, did you get to watch – I watched most of the end of this this game. I was at the concert during that time, and we were refreshing our phones like crazy just to see. I'm sure everyone around us thought we were UT fans or something because we were just really trying to figure out who, how this game was going. And Les Miles going for two, 48-47 with less than two minutes to go. And he gets it. And he got it. What a What a call. What yeah, a great call. It was 46-47. No, I meant the, the after oh, the okay. after two, it was 48-47. Yes. And wide open in the end zone. Yeah, it was Right easy. at the pylon, but, or not the pylon, but at the goal post. Just perfect. Uh, anyway, that I thought that was fantastic, and I really hoped that they would get a stop. And we both rolled our eyes once they crossed the 50 and thought, oh, it's just going to happen, isn't it? They're just going to dicker the kicker, which I'm sure whoever was announcing that game on the – channel that no one watches uh had to say probably 10 times it was somebody with ahmad brooks brooks is trash he's absolutely terrible at his job <laughs> he has a he has this job because he was a, a longhorn i'm sure that the play-by-play guy was a longhorn too and he's not as bad but it was painful to listen to this game. It is the Longhorn Network. I mean, that is kind of what you're supposed to but expect. Like they, they don't have anybody more talented than Ahmad Brooks and whoever the color the play-by-play guy was. No, no, they don't. Like with the graduating classes they have, they can't find somebody with more talent on air. No, I guess not. <laughs> That's got to be the answer. LHN football. <laughs> broadcast crew. I, I, I got to look this up because they're just trash. But that game, I kind of wanted to talk about that one a little bit just because one, recency bias, and two, it really showed Kansas is, you know, really putting up a fight. Uh, right now, they're, they've only won two games. They're two and five. They're 0 and four in Big 12 play. Their two wins are against Indiana State. That was not triple overtime. Let me take that off my notes. That was just left over. Uh, they won their first game against Indiana State 24-17. Of course, they won at Boston College 48-24, which blew everyone's minds, including mine. Because that was a game where they they like completely retooled their offense. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, they did retool their offense that game. You're right. It was Everybody's a, a, like they, they came out and did like a triple option. Or it was a simplified, more, more like something you'd see in high school type offense. And then... Speaking of that, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but before the UT game, I think that was the game that Les Miles fired their offensive coordinator after they lost to OU, 45-20. So coming to UT, I think that was the first time they had their new offensive coordinator. But anyway, uh, so game one, win versus Indiana State, 24-17. Game two, loss versus Coastal Carolina, 12-7. This was a home game. This was a home loss. Coastal Carolina was 
displaced for most of that week because of a hurricane. I really thought that Kansas was going to pull this one out. They did not. Um, then if, then the next week, they win at Boston College, 48-24, and then four losses in a row. Um, loss versus West Virginia, 29-24. That one was a close game the whole way through. Loss at TCU, 51-14. See, that was the day that TCU just went crazy after losing to SMU. Uh, they were able to put a lot of points on the board that day. Of course, they put a lot against against or a lot of points against SMU too, but they sure allowed a lot. And then after the TCU game, they lost uh, at home against OU, 45-20. We get that. <laughs> That's totally understandable. 55-16 over here, guys. Um, Join the club. But at least we were on the road. And then last, last week's loss at UT, 50-48. Last second field goal to win it. UT barely scrapes by without losing to Kansas again. And um, what, three or four years? Seems like it was only yesterday that UT lost to Kansas. It's 2016. Uh, how times have changed. But, I mean, what I wanted to point out about that game was just how aggressive they were. You know, KU was down 14 to nothing and fought back and scraped their way back into this game. And that included even when they were down 14 to three, uh, Texas went for a fourth and two kind of right at midfield and Kansas stopped them, which, I mean, I thought that was probably the right call. Go ahead and, you know, your fourth and two, do you want to punt there? I mean, that's kind of what tech did against Iowa state, which I did not like at all, but they, they chose to go for it and Kansas stopped them. Uh, DBU, they got burned quite a bit. Kansas passed for 310 yards on him, including 83 yards to Andrew Parchment. He had three catches, one touchdown, 150-yard catch. Uh, he's a physical guy. I mean, I don't know if he's targeted that much, but he was definitely impressive on what I was able to, to see later on. Puka Williams, he ran for 190 yards on Texas. That's not good. No, he had a 65-yard. Well, uh, that good. was his long longest scamper, but he had two touchdowns, 190 yards against UT at DKR. They're, uh, oh gosh, I'm already forgetting the kid's name. Carter Stanley, he was okay. You know, 27 of 47, 310 yards. Uh, four touchdowns, though that's massive. He had that two point, uh, that uh, two point conversion in the last few minutes of the game too. Uh, really stepped up when he needed to. Kansas looked pretty. I, I mean, I'm not saying this to. Okay, let me start over. I was about to say they looked competent, and I thought, no, that's really mean, and it's not. Accurate. They were much more than competent. They were very competitive, and they were uh, they were taking it to Texas. Texas couldn't, you know, they had they couldn't cover these guys. They couldn't cover these guys in the backfield, or not in the backfield. They couldn't cover them. Um, they couldn't cover the receivers. And I don't know how that is, but <laughs> that was what was going on. So you know, Tech does have. They could have some work cut out for them. 
this could be a test for the defense a little bit. I think the defense got a good wake-up call on uh, on Saturday. But, man, I Kansas really, they, they kind of bounced back. They kind of looked like they did against Boston College and really fielded a great team and, and had a great effort and probably one of the moralist of moral victories that you can come up with in the recent weeks is the fact that they went down to Austin and just about won. I would point back to Kansas's defense who is in like the mid to upper 120s in rankings and rush defense, total defense. Text like in the Well, I don't want to hear it. In the early 100s. <laughs> but who do you like better, Text three running backs or Puka Williams? One. I really like Tex Trio of running backs. I really do. They all have something different to offer. Puka Williams is, he's not one of those kind of power guys. He's really shifty. Mm-hmm. And of course he can make you miss and he can turn and spin and get out of, uh, get out of trouble. But he's not like an Armand Shine or somebody who can plow some people down and, and then still make you miss. Uh, he's, he's good though. He's a talented kid. So I do like the trio of running backs that Tech has. Who do you like I, better quarterback, Jet Duffy or Carter Stanley? Duffy had a, one of his highest percentage of completions in Big 12 competition this past week, I believe. It was almost 80%. Didn't really reflect how the game went, but... Well, when when you <laughs> when you complete 80% of your passes for four yards an attempt, no, that doesn't no, help. That's pretty rough. Yeah, I would take Duffy versus 77, Stanley. 77% this weekend. But even Stanley was able to rush for nine times for 65 yards against the University of Texas. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they have some talent. If if things are firing in the right at the right time, they could they could sneak up on you, can, obviously. Can Kansas do this back-to-back? It's a home game. It's a home game this week. But is, is, is this a letdown? Is there a letdown, uh, look-ahead, 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 letdown, letdown, look-ahead? It could be because I thought the opposite when Tech left Waco. I thought that Tech was going to come out on homecoming against Iowa State and just knock them in the teeth. Almost instantly. That didn't happen at all. So that may have been like the their look you know, you know, their look uh look ahead let down. So this could be you know, Kansas could could be coming off of what might have been, what could have been. They could also be thinking, all right, well the now that we've got our new our new offensive coordinator, maybe this is what we should expect now. Maybe we're maybe we're gonna score in the high thirties. I mean not forty eight, surely they're not gonna score 48 every game but maybe they could increase their scoring percentage and and really kind of put some defenses on their heels but i i think they're a pretty talented little group all right so let me let let me just throw this out there for you hold on hold on i'm on the wrong wrong page here we go um 
does 60% completion percentage scare you? No. It's 212 yards through the air scare you? Wait. 212 total passing yards per game. Does that scare you? It scares me if if Tech's the one throwing 212 yards. Sorry. These are Kansas stats. Okay, okay. If Kansas throws for 200 yards, are you scared? Nah, nah. If they run for 170, are you scared? That seems about normal. (laughs) On 34 attempts. Oh. That's kind of like what Chuba Hubbard did. It's five yards a carry. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a okay. I can live with that. So two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown is what they average per game. They average 21 offensive points a game. So what their defense adds like 14? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. Okay. They, the only, the statistical outlier obviously is this past weekend and Boston college and Boston college, like the rest of them. It's seven points at home against Coastal Carolina. It's 24 points, Indiana State. Seven points, Coastal Carolina. 24 points, West Virginia. 14 points, TCU. 20 points to OU. Like, I I don't want to be like, look, their stats, they suck. But like. No, and it's it's true. You, You don't want to say that. And I don't think we really think that, but it is. They have they have some uh, they have some guys that can that can run on you. They average more than one turnover a game. So like they're they are they average almost even in terms of turnover margin per game. They they th- turn the ball over more than one time per game average. It's like one point one if you like do the numbers divided by the number of games and they turn over the def- the defense turns over this is 0.7 oh yeah that's not very much they did intercept ellinger though ellinger 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 and they forced at least one fumble that i saw well forcing a fumble and recovering a fumble is different they recovered it well i'm just saying but it's true though they recovered it they were uh excuse me they were down 40 to 33 at the point. Recovered that fumble and I think went down and scored. <clears throat> Can I point out? Yes. That their third leading rusher has not been with the team for more than a month. And he's still number three on the list. Oh, yeah. Who was that guy? That, Actually, the did second he transfer? Rusher, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. That's right. That's right. He hasn't played for them in like a month. He's still their second leading rusher. Neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, r- really what that says is like everything's going through Puka and not anybody else behind him. Right. But being that Puka is a smaller running back, can he rush the ball 30 times a game? Can he hold up better than Chuba Hubbard? Because we saw him kind of wear down when he ran 38 times or whatever it was against Tech. It wasn't that much. It's like 28. Well, do you think... I mean, do you, are, are you ready? Are you ready to make some picks? Did you have a couple other things to to point out about the about the Jayhawks? Because I'm getting ready to make some picks, man. I might I might rock your world with with these picks. Well, uh, okay. If we're gonna make picks, do you want to do 
over under cover the line, that kind of thing. Yeah. Let's do them both. Let's do them both. Currently, as of October 22nd at 9.58 p.m., Texas Tech is a a minus four. They're a four-point favorite on the road. So neutral site, they'd be a touchdown favorite, which feels low. Over under set at 62 and a half. Michael, I don't know about you. But if we're going to take these numbers, as it's it's a whole lot more entertaining and interesting if, if there's a little bit of money put on these games. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a there's a place you can go. There uh, is a place you can go. Uh, where there's one of... Maybe not everybody knows your name, but uh, w- whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, mybookie.ag is your best bet this season. If you join right now, with my bookie, they will double your first deposit. You have to use promo code chair. Sorry, that sounded funny. Promo code. Promo code chair. C-H-A-I-R to activate the offer. It's promo code chair to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. That's right. NBA just started. You play, you win, you get paid. World World Series started tonight. NHL hockey is starting. There's some good. There's some good stuff on TV. There's there's um still six weeks of regular season college football left. SMU and Houston play Thursday night. USC Colorado play. A couple of good Thursday night games for a change. Uh, sometimes those Thursday night games aren't that great. Tech has one next year. We'll go over that here in a little bit. Ooh, tease. Nice. Yeah, little tease. All right. Tech minus four. Give me the points. I'm gonna gobble them up and. I'm going to hammer. I'm doing quick math in my head. The under. Give me the points and under on this. Score score predict. So the over under 62 and a half. My score is Tech 35, Kansas 21. Ooh. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Well, you know, I, I mean, y'all heard me talking up Kansas a little bit this game. Oh my gosh! Are, are you going to pick a loss? Puka Williams Jr. He's he's legit. He's a good he's a good shifty running back. Don't you do it? He, yeah, I mean they looked really good against Texas. <laughs> they had, uh, you know, they they did better against OU than Tech did. Of course, it was in Kansas, but still, they probably had their number one quarterback the entire uh, game. That's true. That's true. I. I think, give us your score. Okay. I'm picking tech. To, okay. I'm going to pick tech to cover, but no, I, I am. So I'm, wins by greater than four points. Yeah. I'm outright picking tech to win Uh 42, <laughs> 31. I, I want to, I want to quote my friend Kyle and say that tech's going to win by double digits. So that was kind of why I went with that one. So I've definitely taken the over on the points. You, you sounded surprised when I pick a, I picked a 14 point win and you picked an 11 point win. We're talking about a field goal difference. Well, and you you have them scoring more points. I do. I I just think I think that uh, Tech's going to get their you, mojo back a little you bit on offense. Tech to score forty points. Uh, that's what's crazy. Is this Montana State, bro? I picked them to score forty two points against a conference opponent and on the road. We'll see how that works. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. 
That's what I have to say about that. Long story short, I'm taking the over on the on the sixty two and a half, and I'm I'm taking Tech to cover, which which I'm with you. That feels like kind of a small. That's it a feels that's a pretty small spread, like an overreaction. Yes, both both directions. Mm-hmm. I think it's an overreaction against the Iowa State game and against the UT game. I think where the where the line opened at eight is a lot closer. Now, the fact that a bunch of Kansas people jumped on and poured money doesn't mean that Kansas is going to be better, but that a lot of people betting Kansas are probably riding the we almost beat Texas in Austin wave, and they're putting a bunch of money on Kansas to keep that momentum. As they should be. Our friend Kyle calls this a sucker's bet. (laughs) That Kansas plus four is... Dangerous. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. A little loss in space there for you. Yeah. All right. This weekend. (laughs) Obviously, you're listening to our our show now. You can catch us on Countdown to Kickoff on Talk 1340 with the Rob Bro, Carson Robinson, and Tucker Lawrence. Three hours prior to kickoff, four two hours. So we will go this week from three to five p.m. You can listen to us on thirteen forty a.m., which stretches all the way out to Snyder, Texas. Yeah, it, it gets a little. It gets Tried a little rough. A little, a little rough around there. But uh, if you're in Snyder, you might have to go out of town to to listen to it. Or you can stream it. Yeah, on kkam.com <laughs> or through the Talk 1340 mobile app to your phone or smart speaker. Counting to kick off, Rob Bro, Carson Robinson, Tucker Lawrence, 3 to 5 p.m. this Saturday. Yeah, listen this week if you've got a minute and we'll, we'll cover everything that's <laughs> going on in the Big 12. and One minute or 120. Sure, 120. The the problem with these afternoon games, I, because I, I know what we've done, is we talk a lot about ongoing games. So just be ready for some uh, play-by-play of games you're listening to talk hosts yeah. describe. Maybe a random Temple scoring update <laughs> Mid, <Ooh>. mid-sentence. <laughs> the Green Wave scored a touchdown. <laughs> That's right. Was it Cordafine? We need nope. to know. We needed to know. I, I had two other things to... And because you can't let this go. No, I can't. I had I started something. I had two other things to, to throw into our football segment before we can move on to basketball really quickly. Cliff Kingsbury, former Texas Tech head coach and quarterback, current coach of the Arizona Cardinals, is still undefeated as an NFL coach in October, defeating the Giants this weekend. He is 3-0, and my friends. Just wanted to throw that out there. And then the Big 12 released the football schedule for next year for everybody. And did you want to rattle these off real quick? Or I mean, I mean, I want to go back to the Cardinals schedule. <laughs> Why? Why do we got to do that? Who are they playing next, Michael? I, I haven't checked. My Cardinals fandom is a little. They are traveling to New Orleans. They're going to play Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. They're they're going to play the Saints and whatever the dome name. I was I was going to try to rattle. Is it the Mercedes Dome? No, that's Atlanta. No, that's Atlanta. I wanted to say Metrodome, but that's not right. That's, yeah. Anyways, that uh undefeated Silver. Nope. Undefeated Superdome. 
undefeated in October stat will not survive this week. Oh, you're 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 making a claim. Dude, they're gonna get housed. How are they gonna get housed by New Orleans? Because they suck. So what? Also, they turn around three, four days later and host the 49ers on. Oh, now that's going to be rough. Yeah. The Niners are really good this year. Um, so they okay. Have, okay. They, they, no, no. Um, they have two more opportunities to lose in October. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. However, even if they lost both of those games, they'd have a winning record in October. I will give you that. Yep. They cannot be. They cannot have a losing record in October. Yeah. Go Cardinals. Go All Cards. Right. Hat tip to Keith for catching this. Big 12 may have inadvertently released this because there were releases and there were tweets and then some tweets were deleted. I wasn't keeping up with it, but the 2020 football schedule has been released. What's interesting to me is week two for Texas Tech, TBD. We are. We have no idea who we're going to be playing that week. Ten months out. If you're listening right now and you're an athletic director, please contact Kirby Hokut of of a a program (laughs) in the likes of Lamar at Texas Tech University, (laughs) UTSA, Incarnate Work. No, that's that's too far down. All right. The schedule is at UTEP. So the backside of a home and home with UTEP. You start the season on the road. First time you've done that since 2007 when you started at SMU, Michael Crabtree's first game been a long time yeah possibly i'm i'm i may be misremembering missing a game i thought tech may have started at at new mexico one year but that could be that could also be incorrect anyway week two on the 12th to be determined week three you host arizona and then you start conference play week four uh at iowa state yikes come back the next week to host west virginia and then you get this weird one game over two weeks without, I mean, yes, there is a bye on right. October 10th. You don't play that Saturday, but you do play the Thursday night after that where you host Baylor on a Thursday. Strange. And then because you play the Thursday, you're off that weekend and then you play host Texas the following week on the 24th. For those of you keeping score at home, that is three home games in a row in October, which is but not arguably the best time to, to live in Lubbock. Just weather-wise, it's fantastic. But not consecutive No, you're right. Schedule weeks. Not not consecutive Saturdays or anything like that, but Yeah. You play ten three, ten fifteen, ten twenty four. Yep. So over those three and a half weeks. Sorry. Okay. Um, October at Oklahoma State. That's on Halloween. Sorry, Halloween. Sorry, I said October. I'm in Halloween. Oh, yeah, I wasn't correcting you. I was just Halloween night. Out. Oh, sorry, Halloween. It could be morning. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, November seventh at Kansas State, home versus Kansas at TCU, and then home versus Oklahoma on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving no, it's weekend. Thanksgiving weekend, right. It, it could be... It's scheduled right now for the Saturday after Thanksgiving, but they could move it to the Friday. 
I doubt this will be a very heavily attended game. Oh, I agree. Because the the reason why the Baylor game got moved away to Dallas was to have a game over Thanksgiving weekend in the Metroplex. Because the last time you played in Lubbock on a Thanksgiving was 2009 when you hosted Baylor. Nope, no, sorry, it was 2008. 2008 when you hosted Baylor. It was sparse. I was there. I was there too. A 10-1 and one football team could not fill the stadium, a 50,000-seat stadium. And I think it had mostly to do with the the day it was played on. Yeah. And maybe a little to do with getting throttled in Norman the week before. Yeah. Well, there's that, <laughs> but you were still playing like you, you didn't know um, how everything else was going to play out in the rest of the conference. Like sure. You, yeah. You needed to finish in a three way tie and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you needed to win so you could still control your, your part of, playing for the big 12 south title <laughs> yeah you're right i mean <laughs> the, last, the, the, the representative in the big 12 championship game the last time tech had a a game after thanksgiving was was then and it was poorly attended yeah it was so, during it was during the day too yeah it was at, at least, least it started during the day i remember it was the like sunshine a three o'clock at game. some point yeah. yeah it was a middle afternoon yeah um so it looks like you have a bye week before the Thursday night game in October, and then you don't get a buy until the first week of December. Yeah, those are really great and useful. But it could be useful because, you know, Tech's going to have to turn right around and play OU again. It's true. That Big 12 championship. It's really not fair for the Sooners to have to play in Lubbock, and then they got to play Tech again two weeks later. Got to get healthy. All right. You want to talk some basketball real Let's quick? Let's talk a little bit of basketball. Not much. <laughs> the 2020, sorry, 2019-2020 AP poll, initial AP poll was released. Texas Tech checks in at number 13. Michael, your thoughts? That's fantastic. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of rankings, you know, Tech being third in the conference. Uh, Behind Kansas and Baylor? Yep. And this kind of jives with that. Uh, Kansas is ranked number three in the AP poll. Baylor was number 16, so Tech was actually ranked a little higher than Baylor in uh, the AP poll. I, I have no issue with with this. Uh, I mean, anytime that Texas Tech is ranked in the top 25 preseason anything, that's that's always kind of a a neat experience. But you know, we'll we'll see how how far they can carry this through. It's a young team; they've got a lot of They've really got to get to know one another quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a young team, but it's a team of of guys who just haven't been together very, very long. And I'm excited for it. I hope that they can maintain, you know, this type of ranking and this type of respect throughout the year. But I think Tech's going to see uh, – they, they may settle in like the 20s here and there, and I, I hope that fans don't lose it when it happens. They may work their way back up, but I just think that I, it, it may happen think, here or there. <laughs> I think the talent here, you you should absolutely maintain your ranking throughout the season. Right. I, I don't think right. there I don't think there's a time in this season unless something unforeseen goes wrong that you drop out of the rankings. Starting as high as you are, even with your questionable non-conference schedule. I don't think you'll be punished enough through the first six weeks of the season to drop out of being ranked. 
Um, so, well, well the, the majority of your non-conference, because you do play Louisville, you do play Kentucky. You could be Kentucky State champs this year. I, I did want to point out that, <laughs> you know, just to kind of throw in how uh, how pointless these polls are sometimes is... Um, Where did Tech start last year? They did not crack the top 25 preseason. And, they and res- where did they finish? They received six votes and finished uh, runner-up to winning the whole damn thing. So, eh, you know, it's an AP poll. It's great. It's great to get your name out there. That's always good for the school. It's good for recruiting. It's good for everything. But they're not always right. The other thing we want to point out is our man, Dan. Yeah. He secured a Q&A article. He posted it to Staking the Plains with our man, Keenan Evans. Yep. Former Red Raider. Playing professionally. One of the big building blocks of where Tech is right now in basketball, just in general. Stuck Uh, it out with the transition from Tubby Smith to Chris Beard. Played on nine toes for like 12 (laughs) weeks. Uh, Just just an incredible player. Really tough, really tough guy. And still playing. Always enjoyed to see his second half explosion because it looked like he didn't get his his um, pain relieving treatment, the shots, whatever he was getting in his toe until halftime. And then he would come out and just like light the world on fire. It's an interesting theory. I hadn't thought of that. But why not start the game with the pain with the injection? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's only good for, <laughs> it's only good for like 35, 40 minutes. And maybe, yeah, maybe it's only good for the hour and you can only get one. <laughs> like I'd rather have it the second half. <laughs> All uh, right. Anyway, but yes, check out, uh, Stakingtheplanes.com. Dan's got a great interview with Keenan Evans. Just went up today. Check that out. See what he's up to, and uh, give it a read. Let's talk about some questions. Let's let's answer our rabid fans' questions. Oh man, okay, I'm ready. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Right. Michael, you got him queued up? Or I need to pull my phone. No, I'm good. I've, From what I can see, uh, of course you know, after an L, a lot of times the questions get a little bit quiet. So I've found two, and one of them is from uh, Amy, who always gives us some good stuff. Is KU football as good as UT made them look Saturday, or was it just an off night for the Horns? And then she wanted to give a hat tip to her UT fan slash chiropractor for that question. Because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm sure the all UT fans are kind of asking themselves that same question. You know, Kansas. It, we kind of went through a little bit of that. Kansas is talented in in some positions. Uh, UT's secondary is. They can be exposed, and they definitely were this week. So I, I think part of it was just an, part of it was an off night. Ellinger doesn't throw interceptions. Uh, that fumble late, even though I mean Kansas was only down by a touchdown, forty to thirty three. That's probably not going to happen all the time. But I think I'd have to say it was more of an off night for UT. It had to be. Yeah. I don't want to say it. 
I don't want to say it at all, but that's Let, what I would have to say. Let, let's combo it and just, I mean, it has to be like a little bit of both, but to let Kansas be competitive like that. Because even on, an, on a quote-unquote off night, they did put up 50 points. I mean, they, their offense was not off. Uh, just the defense. The Kansas defense is still trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I was trying to say. Is I think that's kind of the more telling aspect of it. But uh, the other question. <laughs> so I'm, Do you I'm, have the picture? Are I'm you seeing the picture? Looking at the picture, and it, it took me a second to figure out what it was. Red Red Reset Man says, thoughts about this, and sent us a picture. It's a best made branded sour pickle beer. Yeah. I've seen that. I've I've been seeing You've it. Seen it? Well, not in the wild. I haven't no. seen it in the wild, but I've I've seen it popping up. It's made by Martin House Brewing Brewing, sorry. Uh they're out of Fort Worth. A good brewery. Uh one of my favorites is their sour, which is called the Salty Lady, I believe. Had one this weekend. Salty. Yeah. And they they really make some fine beers. So because of their reputation, I would give it a shot. Oh, I think I know where I saw it. Growler USA in Lubbock has a keg of it. If anyone would like to go try it and tell me about it. A full keg, huh? Yeah. Bold move. They've got 100 beers on tap, and one of them is the best made sour pickle beer. So y'all let me know. I Those are... I, I don't know, man. I've got we've got best made pickles in the fridge. We love them. Of course, you know most yeah. Texans do. That's it's They're kind of a Texan pickles. thing. But whew, I just I don't know. I would try it. I, most things I will try once. I had some dill pickle chips yesterday for lunch. They were great. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, they were the ninety nine cent chips at United. All right, I want to I want to do a couple of things before we wrap up our questions. One, this originally came from at coach headset TTU. Okay. Rob bro put it into pulse of the people poll format. Assuming all quarterbacks are healthy after Texas Tech's buy, who should start at quarterback? Jet Duffy, Maverick McIver, Alan Bowman. So after 1,117 votes, Alan Bowman leads the pack at 50%. So we're we're Duffy getting high forties, thirty five. No way. So fifteen percent went Maverick McIver. Let's just Who, throw someone else out there. Seen. Oh my gosh! People have never seen Maverick McIver, and he still gets. That's almost two hundred people. It was eleven hundred votes. So fifteen percent of them were like, you know what? Let's how just do you do see. that math so quickly? Let's see how Maverick McIver does that. <laughs> Hold on. Is we're that doing, right? We're doing internet math here. Times point. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. 179. Okay. 179. I'm good at estimating. I'm not good at being exact in mental math. <laughs> That's for sure. So almost 200. That wasn't too far off. But So text by week is next weekend. So you have Kansas yeah. and then you're off a week. Yep. This is about where we kind of projected with our assumptions of Bowman's shoulder injury six to eight weeks, whatever it was, four to six weeks that he would be back for about this time in the schedule, Kansas by week time. Um, after Kansas, you are eight games in. Bowman still has the possibility to redshirt. Yep. You should be at four and four this weekend. 
you need two wins out of TCU, Kansas State, West Virginia, and Texas. Do you turn to Bowman, who's been on the shelf for six weeks, or do you continue to roll with Duffy? I think you roll with Duffy. Yeah, that's that's. that's I mean, that's that's. I just that's don't what think, I think. I just don't know where like why Duffy's so much low. Like I, I could understand it. it was if it was close between Alan Bowman and Duffy being like, well, Bowman wasn't like he's been injured. Maybe you know he came out as first string quarterback. The thing that gets me is Maverick okay. McIver. That's what gets me. That and then I, my assumption is because Bowman's like he is injured. He probably hasn't been practicing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and McIver had what a broken foot. Yeah. I mean, a, he won't be back till November. Yeah, a broken foot. <laughs> we haven't seen him at Texas Tech. Like com- complete a pass in practice or otherwise. Duffy had eighty percent completion this weekend. I'd. I would stick with him uh, for a and, couple of and reasons. One of the Arizona Allen Bowman, do you want to bring back? Sure. Or the Iowa State one from last year. Uh, that wasn't super great. I think Tech only scored 17 points that day offensively. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, obviously I don't want to knock him, but I, I, I think staying with Duffy makes the most sense here because as, as you've covered and as Kyle mentioned in the Slack chat, the, the strength of the schedule is on Mark, a rapid decline. Markedly worse starting uh, this week. For, the, for these next four games, uh, as opposed to what we saw the first four games of Big 12 play. So we're really looking at winnable games with Duffy as our quarterback. I think, I think you just keep going and hope that Bowman is on board with this decision and decides to stick around another year or two or three or whatever he ends up yeah. doing. So did you see the uh, Sooner Schooner? I did. Take a spill? Yeah, with all I, that um, Keystone ice or whatever was in the back of it. <laughs> One, to, to Brian's point, because he brought this up, didn't realize it was a part-time trash can because when it tipped over, junk went everywhere. It did. Garbage. <laughs> trash i was gonna say something else i i i went back and i saw a, a, a video of it real quick and they were more talking about gus johnson's savage roast of the the girl the homecoming queen that like rolled out of it but they were talking about like her ability to roll and then holly Rowe also was trying to play up this girl and said hey she did a good job like getting out of the way of everything my initial read of this situation was where the guys that were running with it ran up to the wagon when it tipped over past the girl that got thrown out of it to check on their pile of garbage. Well, they had some, you know, they had some, uh, what is it? The Catalina? No, what is, what's, what's that natty, that natter day? It's the Catalina lime mix. The Catalina, yeah, they had some Catalina lime mixes in there that they wanted to make sure they were. And some uh, the Aloha beaches. Aloha beaches. Um, it's official sponsor of the Big Twelve Conference, uh, Natural Light Seltzer. You're welcome. Yeah. Now, no free ads. Some people that were in attendance said that the on-field medics ran up to her to make sure she was okay. Roughnecks wanted to make sure their wagon was okay props guys you ran past the homecoming queen well the wagon was uh 
the wagon was still was still moving. She was she was well, she was going to be where she was for a while. The 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 top half. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because it did it did separate. Oh, yeah, yeah. They checked the te- so they they checked the half that wasn't moving. I thought, okay, well, the guys that chased after the wild horses. Well, that was one <laughs> that thing. Were the, still pulling a a, um, the front, a chassis the, across. The front axle flipped over and was like digging into the turf. It was like tearing up the grass. I did hear about that. But no, they they ran up to the stationary pile of garbage past the girl that possibly could have been injured because they didn't know how physics works and put the heavier person on. Where were they? I put that on the outside of the turn. So kind of helped in the fulcrum action to tip that bad boy over. Also probably cut that that turn a little too too harshly because, you know, a wide open 60 yard wide field. He had to make a little hairpin Yeah, turn. apparently you have to turn before you hit the 18 <laughs> or whatever it was. So I, I, I put that out on Twitter. I had several really entertaining comments. Uh, I, I forgot the word I was going to use. Uh, duels. D underscore O-O-L-S. I guess you could say the wagon went boomer sooner than expected. Uh, yeah. Thomas Wilson. First off, it's meth, not garbage, and it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, bummer sooner. That was, yeah, yeah. That was okay. Yeah. Um, one person pointed out it's a very aggy thing to do. I guess. There's some other comments, but there are two. Um, two blue. We try to keep this as a yeah. It's friendly, friendly for our most ages. All right, we are a little over. Let's wrap this thing up. Going yard. It is time to get your cool season grasses ready for Halloween domination. Put down one more application of uh whatever fertilizer you're rocking. Get your your grass growing nice and dark, nice and lush, to get all of the trick or treaters to come up and look at your yard. All your neighbors have Bermuda have officially checked out. Michael, I noticed your yard is a nice tan color. Yeah. My neighbor recently cut his yard. It looks nice, real short. No color left. Our uh, our guys are supposed to come in not next week, but the week after, and I'm thinking that's gonna be the last the last of it. Why? There's like there's nothing growing out there. There's, you should there's just sh- something else. There might be there might be something pop up. There's weeds. I've got some weeds in the in the alley and stuff. If they can take care of those while they're here that's different all right so those that still have growing grass growing season left if you haven't put down your fall pre-emergent you should probably get to doing that um michael one more thing before we wrap this up let's cover what we learned we learned palmer i don't know sir i don't know either so so i have been to cowboy stadium for a couple of the Baylor games. I got to go to a concert there randomly a few years ago, but this was the first time I'd actually gotten to go for a Cowboys game. And let me tell you, it is an atmosphere. It is super fun. It is loud the entire time. You know, quite a bit of it's crowd noise, but a lot of it's just, they're just pumping music. There's, there's videos going. There's just, I sat next to two of my best friends and we had to almost kind of yell just to talk to each other. Uh, This was in between plays 
I, mean, I don't know. It, it was it was a heck of an atmosphere. It, it was really fun, and they they really put on a good a good show. And of course, it doesn't hurt when the Cowboys just annihilate a division rival at home while you're there. And they took advantage of two early turnovers that uh, Tech has had trouble doing. So that was kind of fun to see that actually happen. They took advantage of two turnovers from the Eagles and went up 14 to nothing. So uh, I also got to see a record-tying field goal. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, Maher hit 63 yards. Yeah, he hit a 63-yarder. He's the fifth or sixth guy to ever do that. Uh, Wasn't Jason Elam the first, the kicker for the Denver Broncos for forever? Uh, it was back in the 70s. Then no, this was like... Whoever did it first was in the 70s, and then um, Janikowski hit one. A couple others did. I think the record was actually set. There's one guy that hit a 64-yarder in 2013, I believe. But, yeah, it Mayer, right? Mm-hmm. Or Mar, Mayer. Anyway, uh, the guy that everybody was ready to, uh, you know, cut, I think, three or four weeks ago because he can't hit a four four-point field goal. It wouldn't have mattered anyway if he'd hit that field goal. He missed <laughs> one at the end of a game, whatever. And... He hit a 63-yarder, which made him the only player in NFL history to hit three field goals above 60 yards. So I know I'm talking field goals, but it's because the Cowboys beat the crap out of them. It's 37 to, to 10. I mean, there's that was just kind of an interesting highlight. So anyway, really cool game. Uh, atmosphere was a blast. And the tickets were free. So thanks to <laughs> thanks to those who donated the tickets. Free tickets are always a plus. Yes. So I have not seen an NFL game, regular season game live in a stadium. I've been to a Cowboys preseason game back at the old Dallas Cowboys stadium in Irving. I saw them play two games there, and one of them was the the year they closed it down. Yeah. All right, thanks for joining us this week on the 23 Personal Podcast. Look for an instant reaction after Tech defeats the Kansas Jayhawks and Lawrence this weekend. Until then, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. <laughs>